This is Coach Lee, and I'm going to tell you the truth about saving your marriage. And these things are important things that you can do that you hardly ever hear talked about, but they will actually really help you. Number one. Number one, stop listening to the cliche that all you have to do is communicate and your marriage or your relationship will magically be better and everything will just be fine if you just communicate. Let's say it together. That's all some people seem to talk about. Just communicate. but. What if you're communicating the wrong things? Most married couples who have trouble, who are considering divorce, one or both of them, they communicate a lot. They yell and they obsess over the issues. And that's the biggest thing that I want to talk to you about in this first truth. Truth. Stop obsessing over your issues. And what I mean is, is that some people get the idea that if they have issues in the relationship that are making them frustrated or unhappy or annoyed, that everything else has to be put on the back burner. And this issue or a few issues have to be talked about constantly. And they have to be brought up again and again and again. And what people don't know is, is that when you do that, you will cause coldness. You will cause distance. You will cause unattractiveness in your marriage. And the reason for that is because if you talk about an issue here and there, you have an honest discussion about it, maybe for 15 minutes, then you stop, you're fine. Go back to things that a marriage really needs, like affection, peace, sex, kindness, empathy, thoughtfulness. Those are things that actually help your marriage. Communicating, this vague reference to communicating, which often means that we need to talk about issues until we're both blue in the face, and then we need to do it some more until these issues just magically go away. That is what is causing divorce. And when people say over and over, and as people continue to say over and over, communication, communication is the key, and they are so proud of themselves for saying that. And yet, so many times I will ask people, yeah, but what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Communicate what exactly? All I get are crickets because everybody's being taught to constantly argue and bicker with their spouse because they think that's the key to happiness. But what they're actually doing is pushing their spouse further away. And this is even more so the case when there's already a problem, when the other person is thinking they want to leave and then you or both of you want to start an argument. Let's start talking about that last thing that ticked me off. Yeah, that's going to help. It's not, it's not going to help. And I say the sarcasm and I have the sarcasm because I am somewhat irritated by this because I see so much of this going around. 
telling couples, just communicate more. And if that's not working, turn that switch and communicate even more. He'll want to stay for sure. These people who don't know what they're talking about are devastating relationships because these people do this and they say, it just got worse. I don't understand. Maybe we need to communicate more and they turn it up more. And the relationship just becomes a constant argument about issues. What issues do we have? What have you done to piss me off recently? Does anybody who is just being honest and who's trying to get past the propaganda of this idea that communication is the pinnacle of all relationships and the solution to every problem imaginable. What if we just said, maybe it's not, maybe that's actually not the right way to go about this. And maybe what your mom said when she said, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything. Now, of course, you don't ignore issues forever permanently, but they should be a very small minority of what you discuss with your spouse. The best way to handle some of these things, these issues, these points of contention between the two of you is going to be to develop a more loving connection. And then those things oftentimes just go away without any of the stress and fighting and anxiety that comes along with the idea that we're going to discuss our issues constantly. So bottom line is, yes, you should discuss them sometimes on a rare occasion, but you should focus on the positives that build the marriage. And a lot of times those issues will go away or they're, or they will at least be manageable. And that's what really people need to understand. This push for communicating and constantly talking about your grievances with the other person that somehow that passes for relationship advice nowadays. Not only is that absurd, but it also points to an impossible situation because you are not going to have any relationship with anyone where there are no issues. You will not get to a point in your marriage where you say, we don't have any more issues because we communicated. It's not going to happen. Focus on what builds up a connection, what brings peace and some of the things I'm going to talk about next. Number two, have lots of sex every day if you can do it prioritize it it's important couples who have sex feel closer it is difficult to argue with someone who you are having a lot of sex with great sex frequent sex where you're having that connection every night every day and you're able to send flirty texts to each other during the day about what might happen later when frequent good sex happens both people feel wanted, desired, needed, admired, and loved. That's right. They feel loved. We turn sex sometimes into something shallow, but what's interesting is people who feel that they are not fulfilled sexually in their marriage report feeling unloved. They also report feeling things like being ugly, unattractive, undesired, like their spouse doesn't want them. Do you think that that's healthy for a spouse to feel regarding their spouse in their marriage? It's not. And the research for years and years is absolutely concrete. Sex in many ways is the glue that holds a marriage together. Take it seriously. Prioritize it. Seriously though, 
what better things do you have to do? Get groceries? Run errands? We all need to start focusing on what really matters in life. And not all the busyness that we often tend to think of as important. We need to focus on our spouse and our relationship with our spouse and our connection with our spouse. And that means sex is important and it should be taken very seriously. You try it and watch how your marriage will turn around. For those of you who have not been frightened away, get my free mini course on saving a marriage. The link's in the description below. You can just go to myxbackcoach.com and you'll see the marriage tab in the navigation menu. Click on that and you'll see my free mini course on saving a marriage. It's free. And it's actually really important and should be really helpful to you. Number three, accept that your spouse is flawed and accept that you are flawed. So if you're looking for the perfect spouse, first of all, you should be focused on your commitment. Embrace the commitment and the vows you made to your spouse. That's important. And that means that you accept them with their flaws because you are also flawed. And so the idea that maybe there's someone out there better who has fewer flaws, usually it's just different flaws, but accepting that they are a flawed human being, but still worthy of love and commitment, companionship, peace, time. That's what will help a marriage is when people get that through their heads that they are not perfect and neither is their spouse and that they should even stop seeking perfection or expecting it. And part of the reason for that is because when they do mess up, not only is this situation a negative but now there's disappointment that this person is not perfect and i know it might sound silly because a lot of you are probably thinking well i don't want them to be perfect i just want them to be better but here is the key your job is not to make them better not to challenge them not to push them your job is to love them and a lot of marriages what happens is they start thinking their job is to make their spouse better that they are going to review what their spouse does. They're going to give feedback. They're going to massage them, tell them to do this better, tweak this, and they're going to create a better spouse. But that's not your job. As a matter of fact, that's how you can really mess things up because the impact on the other person is usually feeling that they're not good enough and that they can never be good enough, no matter how hard they try. That's what it's going to feel like. You may not mean that, and I'm certain that you don't, 
but that's what they are going to feel like and they are going to feel like you are their judge their policeman the chief complainer the person who they never can please and then it becomes a performance you will get yourself into a mess so what you need to do is Accept that it's okay to love someone and be with someone and be in a relationship with someone even though they are flawed, even though they are significantly flawed. And obviously, this doesn't count if they're an abuser or a criminal or something bad like that. But I'm just talking about everyone is flawed and we should say that just because they are flawed, they are not unworthy of our love, our commitment, and that we can have a great marriage with a flawed person. And hopefully they can have a great marriage with us because we are flawed too. And just because our flaws are different doesn't make one better than the other. Keep that in mind. This is not just about being fair. This is about having a good marriage that can stand the test of time. Number four might seem a bit controversial, but you know, if things aren't working, maybe you can try other things. And one of the things I suggest is that you try a classical marriage. What is a classical marriage? Well, I'm glad you asked. A classical marriage is where typically the man is responsible for providing, protecting, and basically being a leader of the home. Whereas the wife is going to keep the home, manage the home, nurture, and make it a wonderful place for the two of them. And what happens is that then both people are not responsible for everything. And so If I'm responsible for providing, protecting, maybe keeping the outside yard good, just things like that, then that's off of my wife's plate. And if she's responsible for the inside of the house and dinner and supporting us and nurturing us and expecting that back as well, she takes a lot off of my plate. And that means that we can focus on each other. We will actually have some of that time where we have nothing planned except each other. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to go to bed. We're going to go to a nice dinner. It is actually very liberating and freeing when you embrace this aspect of a classical marriage that says, we are not both going to try to do everything. I'm going to do certain things and that will be my responsibility. That will be my role. And I'll take it seriously and I'll embrace it. And you will have your areas of responsibility and your role. And we will appreciate that from each other. And what's amazing is in this modern time, the idea of a classical marriage can seem like a state of the art concept for how a marriage can work because so many people who I talk to have never heard of it. They don't understand what it's about. And when they try it, they describe it as freeing, that they have more free time, they have less stress, that they seem to get along better, that it seems to make more sense. It works better this way. It's something you can try, even if maybe you have heard bad things about it and it seems like something that you should be against and you're not even sure why. Maybe just give it a try. It's amazing how well it can work and how it can take stress off of both of you.
Number five, banish FOMO with gratefulness. What's FOMO? It's fear of missing out. And it's one of the things that's damaging the world these days, that's damaging the people of the world, is that everyone's afraid of missing out. And so they think that they have to be going out and partying or traveling constantly, or they have to have the latest and greatest of this. And they are just so afraid that if they don't, that they will miss out and everyone else will get it and everyone else will have a great time and they will just be sitting at home on the couch bored. And that if they don't experience these things, they are missing out on life. And that is so rarely true. One of the greatest superpowers you could have is being content. Maybe you're just sitting on the back porch with a cup of coffee and you're content. You're happy about it. The happiest people are actually the ones who need the least amount to keep them happy. In other words, the happiest people are the ones who don't need much to make them happy. They've learned that they can be happy wherever they are, just as they are, and that the best happiness comes when you're with someone else. Not necessarily what you do or what you have, but who you are with. And so if you can focus on gratitude, what you're grateful for in the other person, just their positive attributes, the things that they do for you, the things they've done in the past, your love story together, if you can be grateful for those things. And whenever you have that fear of missing out, that these people are going out and they're having a great time, let me just tell you, I talk to them a lot. And you know what most of them say? They say, every weekend, I think this is going to be the weekend I'm going to have the most epic partying experience I've ever had. I'm going to go to the greatest club and I'm going to walk in there and something about it's just going to be magical. But what they say is I'm constantly disappointed. It's never going to meet my expectations and it's frustrating. But the idea is so intriguing. But the idea is so intriguing. It's so tempting because you want other people to look at you and think, wow, that person there is having a good time. What they're doing now. At this club, at this party, man, they are having a good time. That's what we want people to think. I get it.
I've had my own struggles with FOMO in the past, and one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was when I realized what was going on. And when I would have that feeling, like, uh-oh, you know, your heart increases, and you think, I want to go do that. This weekend, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I've got a seat and a ride so I can go to this place, and it's going to be so epic. It's going to be the most amazing experience of my life, and it never turns out to be that way, and it doesn't last And when I realized that's what was, and when I realized that that's what was really going on, and I started focusing on what was really important, like my wife, my family, my friends, even if it's just simple, we had a meal together, we played a board game, we watched a movie, we went for a walk, maybe we took a vacation or a trip together, but being together was what mattered the most. And so as long as we were together, it didn't matter where we were. And you may think, well, I don't really have a lot of fun with my spouse. Well, if you work on the other four things that I've mentioned in this video, then you will notice you will feel closer to them. You will enjoy being around them because they are your peace and because they are the love of your life and the connection that you want and you need. And things will actually start seeming much better when you're just with them in a simple place like your home. You're having a great time because of who you're with. So FOMO is something you really need to banish and gratitude is something that you need to put at the forefront. Gratitude for who this person is that they vowed to be with you, which is a huge deal that one person would vow to be with you and no one else and that they would be the one and that they're a good mother or a good father to your children. If you can say that you should be grateful. And if you want extra credit, make a gratitude list, write their name, and then start counting one, two, three, four, five, write down the things you are grateful that they do for you about who they are, things you appreciate about them. It's just going to be a positivity list about your spouse. And whenever you get a chance, add to that list and think about it. Think of all the things you can be grateful for because FOMO comes when you're focusing on what you think you don't have instead of focusing on the wonderful things that are right in front of you. Here at the end screen, there are two additional videos that can help you with your marriage. So I suggest that you click one of those and that you watch it. This has been Coach Lee and I'll see you in the next video.